When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the Dallas Cowboys are running it running it back in 2024, but there is one change that we could still see, and honestly, we should see it. We will get to it. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get this started. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez. Streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, welcome into the show. Hit the like button for me if you enjoy it. And welcome on this Thursday night already. It's already Thursday. It is a great night to talk some Cowboys football, if we can say so. Uh, about this week when Cowboys Nation is still going through the feelings about that playoff loss to the Green Bay Packers. I think that on today's Mike McCarthy press conference, Mike said it best, actually. He said, I'm still numb. (laughs) What was the actual quote? I'm still raw, right? It's still raw right now. I'm still a little numb right now. And he couldn't give you an answer about what exactly went wrong on that game and more specifically what should change uh, moving forward because speaking of change not a whole lot of it going on for the Cowboys entering the 2024 NFL season because as you know the Cowboys are running it back with Mike McCarthy at head coach they're obviously running it back with quarterback Dak Prescott and I say obviously emphatically because there's really not anything else you can do at this position to think that you could roll the dice in the NFL draft or roll with Trey Lance. Honestly, it's just a bunch of wishful thinking. The only way to go moving forward is playing with Dak at a QB. And if that is your reality and you don't like what Dak Prescott has done in the postseason, and believe me, that criticism is more than fair, headed to number four's way, something's got to change, right? Well, The offense is going to remain the same, though, for 2024. So we don't know exactly what's going to change for the Cowboys in 2024. But there is still one little thing, one little thing that could change. And we'll get into it uh, tonight. We're going to talk about the situation that defensive coordinator, as Dan Quinn, uh, keeps interviewing with NFL teams. We will know know in the near future what he's going to do. However, if he doesn't sign to be a head coach anywhere else, it sure sounds like he's coming back to Dallas. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean there won't be a change that we still need to see, and we'll get to it eventually here on the show, Uh, but it sure makes it a, a lot more complicated because if the Cowboys are not willing to move on from any of their top coaches or their quarterback, and I'm not saying they should move on from their quarterback because that's a whole different situation but just saying that hey they're gonna run it back in its entirety I'm not sure they are gonna move on and tweak the necessary 
specific things schematically before the 2024 season. So Cowboys Nation is being left a little bit hopeless entering this offseason because, man, since they're not going to change anything, basically Cowboys fans are left wondering if, if it will be until January of next year when they can get excited because a 12-win season will be very cute next year, next season, uh, but it won't mean nothing. It won't mean anything to fans before they start winning in the playoffs, which is entirely fair in my opinion. Now, James Slater from NFL Network probably knows very well about this reality for Cowboys fans, the reality that they're not going to buy in. Fans are not going to buy in very easily. And he straight up asked McCarthy, on Sunday, on Thursday, excuse me, he straight up asked, and I'll give you the question word for word because I thought it was a savage, heart-hitting question. She asked, you talked about why the fans should buy into the team, and we'll get to that quote too, but why should they buy into you was Jane Slater's question. It was such a good one that McCarthy was left for a second like, Sorry, what 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 was that? And and he actually asked for the question to be repeated, uh, to be repeated. And then his answer was this one: I believe the direction, the leadership, everything is in place. I'm not very comfortable talking about myself, but I came here to win a championship. I didn't come here to get a second contract. I came to Dallas to win the world championship. That's why I'm standing here. Buy into us. Very good quote. Very good answer for a very good question. Is it satisfactory? Nah. No, it's not. But it's a good answer, you know. I don't think it can look good in this context right now that Mike McCarthy is navigating after disappointing for the third postseason in a row. But it's still a very nice soundbite. You know, hey, you you know you could make that into a t-shirt right now. I didn't come here to get a second contract. And it sure sounds like he's not getting one, by the way. Like, uh, he's going to coach under a contract years, and then we'll see what happens after 2024. Uh, before, he had talked about, as Jane later, later asked, about why Cowboys fans should buy into the team. And his answer to that one was, my message to the fans would be this. We've established a championship program, which is not the world championship yet. I'll, I'll circle back to that part, by the way. Uh, we know how to win. We know how to train to win. We have the right people, but we have not crossed the threshold of winning playoff games. I know how to win. We will get over that threshold. Another very good answer, another very good uh, statement to make on that podium, yet another meaningless one and weightless one because, I mean, yeah, you know, this is it. This is like, this is as close as you can get to being a winning team and having your team, your fan base, not be that interested. And I think that's what hurts Cowboys fans right now. The fact that they know they know they have a uh they don't have a losing team. They know they're better than average because the Cowboys really are better than average. In fact, they are pretty damn good. Second most wins since 2021 and all that. We've talked about it. Uh, but it's a weird space to be in where you're as frustrated as Cowboys fans are. And they should be, again, which is the, the weirdest thing. But all of these words, all of these quotes just feel so flat when it's been three years in a row. 
And when that happened on Sunday versus the Green Bay Packers, because I'm telling you, man, if that would have been a game where it was a 27-24 kind of affair, last-minute field goal, yeah, that would have hurt. And we would still be having plenty of these conversations, but they wouldn't be as drastic as they have been after the Packers were up 27-0 before halftime on that game and 27-7 at halftime. So anyways, let's let's unpack things a little bit here on the show and I'll say hi in a minute here in the chat very quickly, but I just wanted to I just want to break it down a little bit. One more time. McCarthy's coming back. Dak Prescott is coming back. Dan Quinn is likely going to come back unless he does get a head coaching gig elsewhere. What can Cowboys fans expect to see now in terms of change? What can we expect to see now in terms of change? Now there was a quote on this that I thought was, you know, also pretty solid. There was a good answer there from Mike McCarthy. Maybe not with a lot of weight once again, but he was asked about it. Uh, you know, what, what could change for Dallas? And he put it this way. He said, my experience and really it's my approach has always been that you're going to have changes. You're going to have adjustments and you're going to have emphasis starting with the emphasis there's a lot of things that were accomplished so we want to make sure we try and build off of those and then he added we were always going to adjust whether it's staff staff responsibilities players blah 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 blah. Uh, and then change is really part of that adjustment how big of a change you need to make that doesn't sound like much right uh, a good political answer to give up on that podium but i do like the part of mentioning the emphasis, right? So you've got changes, you've got adjustments, and you've got emphasis. Emphasis, he says, it's about basically building off of, of, off of their strengths. So if you're hoping for a change, and I know this is going to suck, but your best shot at it is trusting, and I know that sounds rough right now, trusting this coaching staff to really realize, oh, pre-snap motion worked for us. So if we adjusted at the bye week and we started adding all of this pre-snap motion, we better make it a focal point of our offense before week one. Heck, before minicamp, before all OTAs, before all that, we need to have pre-snap motion at a very high rate on our offense. The same for three-by-one formations. The same for featuring C.D. Lamp as a true number one wide receiver. And all of that Texas Coast stuff that we had going on for us in the first five weeks in the season, let's light that on fire. Let's forget about that. We are becoming a different type of offense. That's easier said than done, though. And that's the thing with the situation here where i'm telling you your biggest your, your best shot at being better in 2024 is trusting the coaching staff to make these changes i mean it's tough to believe that will happen these are football people that have been around for football for you know their lifetimes and if you saw mike mccarthy's offense in the playoffs it more closely resembled what the cowboys had going on for them earlier in the year than they did after the bye week. Why? Because 
that's what McCarthy knows. That's what that's the world that McCarthy likes to live in. And if it's a do or die football game, he's more much more likely to go to his comfort zone than to keep pushing the boundary of his comfort zone like he was between the bye week and week 18. I just have a tough time buying into that. You know, I really do. And that's just talking about the offensive side of things. We'll get to the defensive side of things in a minute here. But I just have a tough time believing like, oh, this time the Cowboys will be much more aggressive in this, that, and the other. One more thing that I have here on my notebook, and I just want to mention it. Uh, pass pro was a positive for the offense too. I do think pass pro uh, in general was much better, schematically speaking at least. Sure, Turn still had the games in which he struggled, uh, but I do think how the Cowboys got into situations to help out in pass pro. I, I know I know. right now we don't care about whether or not the Cowboys improved in pass pro, but hey, if we're just talking about what they can build off of, those are the things that come to mind. But again, I do not think that any of that matters right now. Uh, so that's that's a adjustment changes emphasis. In the bucket of changes, you know what should go in there? Run offense. Again, I'm just sticking with offense for now because we'll get to the defense in a little bit. Run offense needs to be built up from, you know, it's, it needs to be turned apart and built back up from the from the start. And the problem with that is that, you know, it goes hand in hand with your passing game. Now, I, I, I don't know, like, is that what happened to the wrong game? You adjusted how you worked offensively in the pass game and maybe you couldn't ever like tie it together with the run game. I'm not sure what the problem was with the run game. That's one of the biggest mysteries for me this season because the blocking just was not there, but the scheme was also not that creative on the ground. But that needs to be rebuilt entirely. I'm not sure what that means for Brian Schottenheimer. I'm not sure what that means for a potential hire where you bring somebody else in who is going to take care of the running game and he's going to specialize in that area and he's just going to go in a room and come up with a great running plan. I'm not sure how that's going to look, but that's got to change. That You cannot approach building your running offense like you did in 2023 because you should have been better. With Tony Pollard, with Tyler Smith, with Tyron Smith, with Zach Martin, Terrence Steele, even who, even in this season when he struggled in pass pro, he was very decent run blocking uh, at times. At a, and I do mean at times because uh, it was kind of like a volatile trip for all of these offensive line. But you got to do it differently. You you were supposed to be better in this department in 2023. And that's going to cost you in big games like, like uh, on Sunday versus the Green Bay Packers. So just right off the bat, man, that was basically the biggest takeaways for, for Mike's press conference from today. Not saying that I believe his words, but hey, that's what he did say. And that's your best shot at hoping for a change in offense. Like you're hoping for McCarthy to change his mind in several areas. And I'm not sure that's what you're looking forward to. Uh, Isidro says, maybe we can talk about the draft soon, Mo. I mean, yeah, I guess. I do know there's going to be a lot of free agency. Uh, I haven't watched like a lot of tape, honestly, on on players. And I don't. I don't think of myself like as a draft guru who has like rankings and stuff, but I will watch some of the most relevant prospects. Uh, we're going to be talking about it. I'm not sure how soon it's going to be, Isidro. 
Uh, but sure enough, soon we will be talking about team needs, biggest questions going into the offseason, that type of stuff. And man, free agency alone is going to give us so much to talk about. And when I say free agency, I mean the Cowboys free agency, uh, free agents, not even external free agents. So don't worry, we're going to have a lot of relevant topics to dive into uh, moving forward here on primetime. But let's see some of your other comments tonight. Let's see here. Toxic says, my biggest mystery is why did you roll back with a scheme set that didn't work all year and abandon what was working all year? How misguided are you? Says Toxic. That's exactly my question too, man. That is exactly my question. I think it's one of those things where since it's such a high-pressure scenario, and I'm not saying it was right, not at all, because I'm also as confused as you are toxic. But if I try to find like an explanation for it, and it's a terrible one, but it's that, hey, if the, if the pressure is that high in a do-or-die football game, you want to be doing what you know how to do, and that's what Mike McCarthy knows best. Unfortunately, what he does know best just was not going to work. And you watch that tape, man. You watch the tape. The pick six is even worse than you think, honestly. The pick six is Darnell Savage. Exactly what is going to happen. Reading exactly what is going to take place. Because I think when you watch that play more carefully, you realize Darnell Savage doesn't even land where he's supposed to land initially. But he adjusts midway through his rotation, right? He's up high. He's rotating into the box. And he's probably supposed to take the zone where Brandon Cooks is. But instead, he know, he realizes what is going on. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get uh, CD Lamp on this one. And, and he's just right there for the pick. And the same with Jair Alexander's play with Brandon Cooks. It, it's a heck of a play from Jair Alexander. But he's not, he's not being fooled on that double move by Brandon Cooks. And it probably also has to do with understanding how the scheme works from the Cowboys. So it was just, it, it gets rougher and rougher uh, the more that you watch it. I'm not sure why I, I watched that old 22 tape, man. Like, I, it should have been one of those burn the tape situations at this point. But hey, uh, it's a sickness, I believe. It's a sickness to be so obsessed with a football team, I guess. Jason Renfro says, we're aggressive defensive coordinator to improve the defense. We oh, we need an aggressive DC to improve the defense. I think it's what Jason meant. Uh, we need our defense needs to be more aggressive. That ain't going to give up on the defense. Mark Aaron says, can't win when you have six defensive backs on the field. And I love that we're slowly, slowly taking it to the next topic here. And the next topic is the defense. Oh, boy. Buckle up. The defense has a defensive coordinator that is right now interviewing for many NFL head coaching jobs. In fact, uh, I might be missing one, but from what I know, Dan Quinn is interviewing with the Carolina Panthers, <clears throat> interviewing with the Tennessee Titans, Washington Commanders, L.A. Chargers, Seattle Seahawks, now, some of these have already taken place. Some of uh, of these are still yet or, or have yet to take place. But Dan Quinn is a head coaching candidate in the NFL. And pretty much every team that has a, a, a vacancy right now 
at the head coaching position uh, is interested in at least talking to Dan Quinn. What we do know is that if he doesn't sign with a football team to be the head coach, and I guess if you're hoping for him to be hired away as the head coach, you're looking at the Seattle Seahawks, the Tennessee Titans, and the Washington Commanders as the most likely outcomes for Dan Quinn, but we will see. And man, if he if he doesn't sign with all of those teams, what we do know is that it seems like the Cowboys are expected to bring him back. That's according to uh, Ed Verder from ESPN. There's been other people, I think, that have uh, reinforced that. I think Mike McCarthy's presser itself reinforced that feeling where McCarthy is pretty much saying, we're waiting for Dan Quinn to tell us if he's coming back or not. Uh, definitely sounded like that is the case. And just looking at overall what the, the Cowboys are deciding at a global aspect, like they're bringing everybody back. They are running it back. They're going to go into 2024 with the same project, just hoping to be this time, maybe finally we're going to be just 1% better, right? Uh, that's pretty much what the Cowboys seem to be hoping for. So that to me leads us to this. If you're running it back on offense entirely, because you are, you're running it back entirely on offense, and you look at your defense, there are some reasons to be concerned about the defense. Now, sure, you should be concerned about the Packers picking you apart and Jordan Love picking you apart. There were over 500 games this season, and nobody has been as efficient as Jordan Love was uh, in a single game. And Jordan Love against the Cowboys was the most efficient performance for a QB all season, uh, which is crazy to think about. But you also look at Dan Quinn specifically, and you look at this season, and according to Benjamin Solak, he has coached 55 games as a Cowboys DC. And six of his, four, of his worst seven games by EPA per drive happened in 2023. Five of his, four, of his worst seven games by EPA per drive have come in the last 2.5 months. So you got to look at these numbers and be like, objectively, yes. Dan Quinn <clears throat> has had one of the best defenses in the NFL since he joined the league, or since he joined the Cowboys, excuse me, in 2021. One of the best defenses in the league. But, sorry, man, I, <clears throat> I had to cough a little bit. <laughs> but you also know that Dan Quinn struggles versus Kyle Shanahan coaching three teams. That doesn't mean necessarily the 49ers, but it does mean Matt LaFleur. It does mean Sean McVay. It does mean all of those guys, right? Mike McDaniel was one of them uh, this season when the Cowboys faced the Miami Dolphins. The problem with such a trend is that everybody in the NFL wants some of that Shanahan magic. And if you make it to the postseason next year, you're likely going to get into those Kyle Shanahan coaching three teams matchups because you're likely going to see the Packers. You're likely going to see the, the Niners. You're likely, you know, it's, it's going to be the Rams next year too with the way that they're trending upwards lately. So you got to look at this thing and be like, do you even want Dan Queen to come back for 2023? 
Let me ask you in the chat right now. Let me ask you. Not not your prediction, because again, we seem to already know that Dan Quinn is coming back if he doesn't sign to be the head coach elsewhere. But if it, if this was your team, if you were to make the call, yes or no, would Dan Quinn be your defensive coordinator in 2024? Knowing that one, yes, he did have one of the best defenses in the NFL for three years, knowing that he's done a lot of good stuff well, but also knowing about this kind of downward trend that he had uh, over at the end of his run with the Cowboys. So yes or no, would you bring back Dan Quinn for 2024? Toxic says, do I want to see my ex again? Hell no. Move on. It isn't working. Katharina says no with capital N-O. Gregory says yes. Mike Fields goes with the no. Cam602 says hell no. Bruce says nah. Kev says hell no. No, no way from Jimmy. So that alone just tells you about how our sentiments on, on, on Dan Quinn have changed. And they have changed drastically. The problem I have with Dan Quinn right now is the Chanahan trend thing. Because I do think that one matters. Specifically because there's a fundamental reason behind it. Chanahan coaching tree teams will use motion on you. They will mess up your leverages. They will exploit the mismatches. They will do all of those little things. And you know what? Whether they've got a top-tier QB or not, they're going to do it. And I'm not saying that Jordan Love and all those guys are not top-tier QBs, but it's just how their schemes work. And the way that Dan Quinn goes about playing defense is man-to-man coverage. It's cover three. It's not a whole lot of crazy disguises on the back end. He he does a lot of cool stuff in the pressure world, and I've talked about that endlessly on this show, and I love how he goes about uh, freeing up their rushers and all that. Uh, that is pretty cool. I love the hybrid defense that Dan Quinn brings to the table. There's a lot to like. Sure, there is. But there's also something that you got to look at when you're looking at the way that he coaches defense, and you got to realize, man, if he doesn't change, if he doesn't change some of these things, this Cal Tanahan coaching three teams, man, they're going to eat him alive, and they're going to keep eating him alive, right? Because at one point, man, it, it seems like it really depends on how good your players are, and that's one of the things that also bugs me a little bit. Like, sure, I love that we've got Trayvon, and I love that we've got uh, De'Ron Bland, and we've got Micah and Demarcus Lawrence and all that. But I don't. I also sometimes feel like, other than the pressure designs and all that, I'm not sure if there's a lot of examples that I can point to where I'm like, oh man, Dan Quinn is elevating the level of these guys, uh, schematically speaking. Because if we're talking about development, he's got a lot of good arguments going his way. You know, the fact that Marquise Bell played linebacker at the level he did when he learned he was going to play the position in August is a great compliment to Dan Quinn. The fact that even Micah, like Micah's growth as a defensive lineman when he was supposed to be an off-ball linebacker in the NFL has been remarkable. And Damon Bland's development and Trevon Dix's development, all of that, you know, it's got to count for something. So I'm not saying that Dan Quinn sucks, absolutely should be fired, should be taken out of here. I'm just saying, I'm not sure that his style of defense 
fits what the Cowboys need uh, moving forward. Now, on to the big point, on to the elephant in the room. Yes, you cannot defend the run with six defensive backs on the field. Now, was that a personnel thing where you were supposed to have Leighton Van Der Esch and you were supposed to have the Marvion overshone? Yeah, maybe it was some of that. But we've been seeing dime personnel grouping since last year, and we've been talking about the Cowboys struggling against heavier offenses since last year. So it's not only an injuries-related thing, it's just a preference-related thing in a, in a big way, in a large way. So if you're the Cowboys and you're thinking of bringing back Dan Quinn, there's got to be some sort of talk with him. There's got to be some sort of, we know you like this. And I'm talking about Mike McCarthy stepping in here because he's going to be the head coach again. There's got to be like, man, I know you love this. I know you love single high defenses. I love, you know, uh, light boxes. I know you like dime personnel groupings. But we got to have answers for this, this, and that. And if you want to play this style of defense, when it is the time to do so, go for it. But when we're playing these teams and we're replaying that teams and when the other team is trying to do this to us, we're going to need to have answers for each and every one of those little things. Remember the Malcolm Butler story with the New England Patriots about how that play on the Super Bowl where he picks up Russell Wilson when they should have run it with Marshawn Lynch and people are like, oh man, that's a lucky play and all that. And then we remember that, hey, Actually, there's a practice video where Bill Belichick is actually pointing out this exact scenario when they're going to sub in a third safety instead of doing this and that and that. That's what I'm talking about, basically. I'm not making a Bill Belichick argument there, by the way. I'm not. I'm just trying to bring up like, if this, then that, if this, then that, if this, then that. Because the Cowboys, it feels like, if there's six defensive backs, if that six defensive backs, if... You know, if they go out there and they use 14 personnel, yeah, six defensive backs, right? If they go out there with eight offensive linemen, yeah, man, six defensive backs. It just doesn't work that way, right? Uh, and it's got to be fixed. But if you notice, the similarity in this theme is that your best shot at looking for a change is to bet on Mike McCarthy changing and asking Dan Queen to change. And I'm not sure how to feel about that. Not sure how to feel about that. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Lunar Love says, you might as well start over if you're going to bring uh, Dan Queen back. Sure sounds like it. Uh, Bruce says, it's hard to get excited already knowing that we have two lame, the, the two lame-ass coaches coming back. Toxic says, Mo, I'm sorry, but the 30 years of data show that this organization is not serious about winning and cares more about making money. The only chance in 2024 is higher ticket prices. Uh, don't feel great about it. It's a solid duck. Uh, he didn't fire McCarthy. He won't fire Queens. It's Katharina, which seems exactly right. Uh, Cam says he asks people to fire for him. And yeah, this is where, where we're at. Stevie Max says, what we could have great Phil was back again, Toxic. I thought that Jerry Jones li uh, loves living in the past. You know, that's where Cowboys fans are at right now. And you cannot blame them for not being excited. 
you cannot blame them for not being hyped about next year. And it sucks that that is the case when your QB was second team All-Pro, when you had so many players make All-Pro, when you had C.D. Lamb rewrite the history books for Michael Irvin, when you had Jake Ferguson break out as a future superstar because once again, shout out Jake Ferguson, that dude is so legit. When you had Micah with another 13-plus sack season, only one or two players to have 13 sacks in each of his three years in the NFL, and all of that, all of those things going to waste. Sucks, man. It really does suck. Uh, before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, I have something to say. I didn't know if I was going to do this segment, but I don't care. I just love football too much to not do it. It is the playoffs, and we are going into the divisional round. So I just wanted to say very quickly, game picks. Let me know. Who do you got winning? Who do you, who do you got winning in each of these games, man? Uh, the Houston Texans play the Baltimore Ravens. Who do you got winning on that one? Green Bay Packers. Oh, oh. Green Bay Packers. Oh. Going to San Francisco. They're going to play the 49ers. And then on Sunday, we'll get Tampa Bay going to Detroit. <laughs> there was a funny clip of uh, Todd Bowles being asked about it, about how they were going to deal with the Detroit weather. And then Todd Bowles is like, you know, they play in the dome, right? That was hilarious. And then we close it out with Kansas City versus Buffalo. That's going to be a huge game, man. That's going to be so fun to watch, uh, even after our own trauma from the wild card round. I've got the Ravens winning the game versus the Houston Texans. I do think that the Houston Texans need to make it all about uh, C.J. Stroud. They've actually not been a very pass-happy offense overall, but in the wild-card round, they were. And first and second down, C.J. Stroud went 13 for 15, 227 yards and eight first downs. They need to really lean into that, but the Ravens are too much, and they can win in way too many ways. Uh, so I've got the Ravens winning that one. And then you've got the Green Bay Packers against San Francisco. To me, that one comes down, and I, I swear, man, these are my show. These are my notes for my show in Spanish about the NFL. And I've got Joe Barry versus Kyle Shanahan, and then I have an arrow here that says Kyle Shanahan won't be like Mike McCarthy, right? I just don't think, <laughs> I just don't think it's the same. I think the Niners are just going to do their thing. Now, they're a team that can really run the ball, so I don't expect Joe Barry's defense to show up the way they did in the wildcard round. So give me the Niners on that one. And then Tampa, Detroit, I do got one. I, I do got this one as Detroit winning big because I think the Bucks are frauds. I think it was the fraud bowl, uh, the frat bowl uh, on Monday night the other day. So give me the Lions on that one. I just think Todd Bowles is going to blitz a whole lot because that's what he does. And I don't see that working against the Lions. As opposed to the Eagles, they do have plans for pressure. And they're going to make them pay for that. And last but not least, certainly not least, uh, genuinely not least, Chiefs versus Buffalo. Now, that's a good one. Let me see what you guys have to say about that one. Uh, let's see what you guys have to say about all these games here. Uh, Baker gonna shock people, says Lunar. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, Toxic says Mo with his sexy growl. No, it was not my sexy growl. It was, it was my... I'm having flashbacks type girl they shouldn't be there it should be uh, another team going up to san francisco 
because uh, the Cowboys should have eliminated the Packers' girl. That was the girl. That was not the sexy girl. Toxic. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I have one. <laughs> 49ers is Mark. Uh, Detroit. Cam goes with the Ravens for that one. I think everyone's going with the Ravens for that one. Not Lunar. Lunar is calling for the opposites. Lunar has got the Chiefs, the Texans, who would be a major upset, then Niners, and then the Bucks would also be uh, another major upset. So I respect it for sure. Guru says, Chiefs, no wide receiver. Super Bowl rank ends. Bruce says, Mo, there's still playoffs hap happening. I had no idea. Not for us. Life moves on. Not for me, said Dwight Schrute. Uh, Baltimore for Jason. Green Bay for, Green, uh, for Jason too. In the last one, give me the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs beating uh, the Buffalo Bills. There's a lot of banged up guys in Buffalo. They're going to play, but they're banged up. And I do think Steve Spagnuolo, man, shows up on this game and frustrates uh, Josh Allen for another game. And it's it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Whenever it's that close, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Even in a year where they have had uh, no trust in their wideouts and all of that, uh, give me the Chiefs winning that ball game. I think Steve Spagnuolo makes a difference on this one. And it's Steve Spags, one of the most playoff-experienced defensive coordinators going up against Joe Barry, who took over Buffalo Bills play calling mid-year. And as much as they have improved in very specific areas, it's also not been like, oh, he turned that offense around. Inconsistencies remain for that unit. And they've been almost as, as inconsistent as the Chiefs have been, but it's not been anywhere close to, uh, you know, as being as dramatic, right? So anyways... Give me the Chiefs winning that ball game, and that will be setting us up for a Baltimore versus Chiefs AFC Championship game and a 49ers versus Lions a NFC Championship game, in my view. Somebody asked me, I, I can't remember who, I'm sorry about that, uh, but somebody asked me if I believe the Super Bowl logo conspiracy theories. I, I don't. <laughs> I just don't. I think it's crazy. To think about that one. Oh, here it is. It was Lunar. Uh, do you believe in the Super Bowl logo conspiracy? I cannot get behind that one. I'm sorry. Uh, it's crazy. It's just insane that that has been such a big coincidence and that it does seem like Baltimore and San Francisco are going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. They're the favorites, but I, I don't. I don't believe in it. What do you all think Mike McCarthy is eating right now? Oh, come on. Toxic. <laughs> All right, guys, this is it for the week for primetime. I'll see you again on Sunday night, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, Monday is going to be a can't-miss show because we're going to have a guest. We're going to have a guest we haven't had on here on ADZ Sports Dallas primetime. It will be fun. Uh, so in the meantime, I'll see you on Sunday, 8 p.m. Central. Try to enjoy the games. Games are fun. You know, it's the NFL. I know we don't, we're not in a super fun mood games are fun. It's the NFL. Tune in and I'll see you Sunday night, 8 p.m. Central. Bye-bye.